You're now listening to From the Jump, where we keep the convo going with the latest and greatest in hip hop. With your hosts, Mr. White and Syllable. They tell it like it is. From the Jump. Welcome, welcome, welcome to <laughs> From the Jump, a hip hop podcast dedicated to exploring rap songs, techniques, and substance, new emerging hip hop artists, how freshmen relate or don't relate to hip hop's history, and the latest hip hop news on artistry and the culture. Featuring your hosts, Mr. White and Syllable. And how are you doing today, Mr. White? I'm doing great, man. Uh, you know, I'm just. Ready to get down to the brass tacks again, as always. You know, we don't we don't sugarcoat. We get straight to the point. Uh, you know, like like we say from the jump, and you know, we gonna really we gonna get that into the details of a, a lot of things that people may have questions about in 2020. And I think uh, one of the things that that is really adding to some of the discussions now is what's going on with Kanye. We're gonna get into that later. And we're going to get into oh, uh, one of the freshmen. I know it's like a trigger. His name is like triggering even. Yeah, for, for me, at least. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, All the goes with that. I mean, so much. Yeah. But uh, we're going to we're going to do something that we haven't done before in the previous episode. We're going to go into uh, an analysis of a song that has probably a whole bunch of meanings for a lot of different people that don't understand the background it was written from, where he's coming from with that. And it's even got negative press that I've read about it online. Uh, from the jump, and that's Lupe Fiasco's mural song off the album Tetso and Youth. And so, it's it's a hard song to listen to if you're not already attuned to listening to rap. Um, I think one of the things that people that are more seasoned in hip hop that have been a hip hop fan for a long time sometimes just just don't remember or fail to take into account is that for a lot of people that aren't super big hip hop fans, when they hear a song they can't hear the words. They can hear like maybe one out of every four words. It's something like that. And they hear the beat, they hear the beat, which is nice, uh, which of course Kanye is a master at, at making beats and production is phenomenal. Um, but with Lupe Fiasco's mural song, I think a lot of the problems were that many people that listened to it that were critical about it, actually couldn't hear what he was saying. And he was saying, oh, that's an eight minute song. And you know, personally, when I first heard it, I didn't have the greatest reaction. I kind of was like, all right, I don't want to process this. And it took me reading this article online that just straight dissed him left and right, said it was a, a poor work of Lupe Fiasco's abilities and skills and that he was just randomly throwing words together that didn't have any meaning. And, you know, this person was white. I don't know how much they knew hip hop or were a fan of it, but it, it felt like it was speaking from a complete, a complete total ignorant perspective of not having any information and just kind of having a biased review of it. So that was kind of my trigger to say, you know what, let me give this a second listen. Cause this guy sounds pretty off base. I know Lupe, uh, his work. I saw him live in concert. He's an incredible artist. I was like, let me give this a, a second, a third listen. And so I had to really, really get into it. And I never looked up the lyrics. I straight up just heard them as he rapped them. And then I was like, okay, this is double, triple, quadruple entendres here. Yeah, I mean, it's the song, it really came out like 2016. And, and during that time, you know, obviously uh, there was, you know, a huge movement with, uh, you know, 
the trap sound, which is still prevalent right now, and then artists who weren't necessarily focusing on lyricism as much, you know, uh, as well as the the trend in the length of songs. Like, you know, nowadays song length has you know been reduced from you know the five and six minute posse cuts that we knew of in in the nineties and two thousands to where it's like two minutes and thirty seconds. That's a song, right? And it's yeah. like. Uh, when somebody does something like makes a nine minute song, you're almost like, oh man, is this shit gonna bore me to death? Uh, and it, I mean, it becomes one of those things like Lupe has always been an artist that people wanted to be in a certain space, but he has chosen to go against the grain uh, in a way where it's like he's not gonna make the songs of his uh, his formative years where. You know the kick push like that like that's what people wanted lupe to make forever right they wanted him to be that artist forever then he got like super political he started you know going off the rails with with different things that people didn't agree with and then you know you got a song like mural or and, and just that album that testimony youth album in general it's one of those projects where people felt like he was coming back but it's it's still hard to decipher like i compare that mural song to like uh cannabis is uh, like 100 bars and running it's yeah. it's 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 a it's a lot to digest right you got to sit there and really first of all you got to have a desire to want to even break down <laughs> good lyricism yeah. because when you're doing something that detail and you're you're intentionally trying to give people that much content in one song you 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 have a select audience that's going to be into that everybody's not going to be into that right and then he didn't really you know I don't know if he really um, had a, a specific thing he was trying to touch on. I think the song was really just about, his for me, journey. I think when we discussed it the first time, is his journey and just the chaos around him, right? Like he's talking about all of the different dynamics of just life, right? And I think that when you have a song like that, it, it, it could get negative attention because it's not fun. It doesn't. It doesn't bump in the truck. I mean, it's a good it's, beat. He's rapping technically, I mean, but it's, it's not the party club it's, type. Yeah, of it's not song. a club song. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's not a club song. Like, I mean, if you're drunk enough, you can dance to anything, obviously. But uh, <laughs> it, it's not really a club song. Um, I mean, it's no secret that you know Ted Sonuth was taking a, a shot at the you know industry. He was not having a very good relationship with Atlantic. After that, he pretty much that was pretty much it. You know. Yeah. Um, so some of the things that I've heard, and this kind of makes sense to me, I'm not 100% on this, but, and this may even be accidental, it may be intentional, but if played in reverse orders, I think the final four songs on the album, which is uh, They Resurrect uh, over new Adoration of Maggi uh, and Madonna, and then finally Deliver, tell the story of a Messiah from his resurrection to his birth, his life, his death, and the world he left behind. And that's, that's pretty deep. Uh, I don't know if that's intentional. I mean, you know, you hear about the stuff about like Wizard of Oz, watching that while playing Dark Side of the Moon, and there's like synchronicities that line up, which of course, you know, one came before the other. So there's no way, I don't know. It, 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 it's not something that I'm 100% on, but I thought it was a very interesting uh, observation. Yeah, and I mean, also with a song like that, I think you talk about the multiple meanings, right? It's so much going on in that song where you know from line to line almost you have to keep up right and i think that that's that's the hardest part about listening to a, a really detailed lyrical composition like this where it's like if, if you aren't 
into that type of thing, it could be easy to just hear the words instead of process the linking that he's doing to create some of the ideas. Like he was talking about how he wished that women reigned all over the world. And then he's, he was not talking about like actual rain, but rain like more like Santa Slay. But if you really think about that, the rain that he's talking about, and then he goes on to a line about queens, he's, he's talking about having women in power and leadership. And it's like somebody could listen to that and completely misconstrue everything he's talking about or hear it as gobbledygook and nonsense, right? Yeah. But if, if you understand rap and you understand what he's he's trying to achieve with his rap, like from a technicality standpoint, and, and you know, very few artists are that meticulous. I mean, you got like, like an Eminem, you know, might be one of the other, you know, I can't think of a, maybe a handful of artists that care that much to try to make all of these end rhymes and different entendres and different metaphors and like try to make that all come together and be seamless and still technically rap it well. Cause that's and, the one thing you can't always I, say about Lupe. He raps really well. Yeah. Right? He's very smooth in his rapping abilities. And so like, I think to be honest, I don't, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not, part of uh, Lupe Fiasco's inner circle, but I feel like this may have just been something that he just threw out and, and he's just that good of a rapper. Maybe he didn't work on making this many metaphors. Maybe it just came out that way because he really was narrating like his journey. And there he was, was that inspired. And some discussions where he wrote the first verse and then potentially freestyled the other ones. Maybe yeah. you mentioned, I, I think I saw that in an article somewhere. So maybe that's why like, and he, he he also threw in some jazz about not having a hook, right? Like he yeah. he did intentionally make the song the way that it was, but it may not have been as like drawn out uh, or or specifically created like you know one would think that he wrote every line. Maybe some of these ideas he just had in his head and he was like putting them together. And I mean, good writers do that already, right? People who are really into their craft uh, spend a lot of time, you know, creating those those links. You know, like we talked about in the last episode, like freestyling and ciphering, like doing that gives you that practice yeah. of being able to just on the fly create ideas that go together and, and generally make your rap better. So, I mean, as far as Mural goes, I think it's a hot track. I think it's not for everybody, though. I think it's one of those things that and I feel like Lupe has become an artist that's not for everybody because a lot of people love yeah. Lupe for what he's done. But it's like his first first stuff. You yeah. know, it's the cool. You know, they're not like yeah. really. Oh, that's a fantastic album. Yeah, it is. It is. You so know, let um, me let Gordon me. Gordon Liquor was pretty solid. Yeah, no, it was. Well, I love the song. What was it? Uh, Daydream. I think it was. Yeah, it talks Daydream. about being, being yeah, a giant right. robot eyes. I love that song. That's the 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 singing on there is on lock. His whole description, you know, the she, imagery, like you got to check out his new track, Dinosaurs. Now that's okay. one. I'll check it that out. I'm like, I, I don't know if he went, he might have went too far. Like, murals out there, <laughs> new dinosaurs track. I just randomly had it on Spotify the other day, and I was like, I'm like, okay, Lupe, uh, he's at it again. I mean, he, he's at it again. So, this, this is something that I, 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 I had to look deep into this and figure this out, but this is kind of the, some of the theories, all right? I love your opinion on some of this. Uh, so, like, for the okay. first, first stanza, uh, to see the vein like a chicken on the barn, but roosters, cowards don't fly like boosters don't buy. So what powers cowards to get them to the top just to fall asleep listening to Buck? 
And I thought that was clever. Chickens and Bach, like Bach Bach, right? Yeah. But I think that some of the the symbolism there might be talking about sellout rappers and what they're trying to do to get to the top. Maybe that represents the top of the bar. No, that's actually, this is, for me, this is a reference to uh, shooting heroin. Really? Okay. Yeah. So think about thinking about using a drug in your vein intravenously and then talking about they're cowards because they're afraid of them living real life. So their, their, their fear makes them get high. And, 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 you know, obviously like that, that sleep, uh, that, uh, that whatever the, the, the shit that's associated with when you use heroin, like you basically pass out or whatever, like oh, okay. you go into that dope sleep or whatever that, that they depict in the movies. I, I've never personally known a heroin addict, so Me I'm neither. just talking about from reference. But yeah. I, I know that that is a problem in the black community, in the hood, in Chicago. It's a lot of heroin addicts out there. And I mean, that's that's across the world. We know there's an opium epidemic. Yeah. And this is it. People shouldn't be shocked if I'm talking about heroin addicts. And he's talking about it. I believe that's what this line is referring to. I wouldn't. I and it's, wouldn't it's super it. complicated. It's super complicated, right? Because it's like you have to come from the hood. You have to know, like, why he's talking about veins and chickens. But I think it was like getting high listen, and, and falling asleep listening to the box. It made me kind of connect all those things where it was like, okay, he's talking about a drug addict of some sort. That basically is checking out on life, and that's kind of why they're a coward. And I mean, but Lupe thinks about shit like this. Like nobody, you know, like yeah. And I mean, that's that's kind of what I see there. I okay, I think that's valid. I mean, you have more experience in that area of being in the, from the Chicago area, so I wouldn't doubt it. Um, next next section, uh, dribbling the eye across the prism of a clock. It lacks meaning, but raps racks up stacks of fat reading. The cat's chief and wrapped up plants from trap trap dealings. So what I got from that was that labels are pushing a lot of simple rap that lacks meaning and is more hypnotizing. It's part of the reason why they entice Keith to sign a big deal, offering a lot of money and so smoking a lot, rapping about drilling. But I also think just because I know, you know, Lupe is pretty cultured as well. He could also be making like a double or triple entendre as well to Salvador Dali's classic works, The Clocks and Eyes, uh, as part of that. that. That makes sense to me. I definitely see um, this is definitely a dig at the fact that they're, the, the craft is being put out there uh, and, and being misused, uh, the art or the, the, the culture is being misused to push these ideas out there that, you know, seem harmless, right? But obviously, you know, with without meaning, you know, when you're, you're like he talked about that kind of earlier in the song uh, where he was saying, you know, what what's the point of having words without the feel? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, that type of aspect. And it's the same thing with this. He's kind of touching back on it again. But as it relates to, like you say, Chief Keith, he's a Chicago rapper, trap rapper. This that that all makes sense to me. Yeah. The next lines are now what's a coffin with a scratch ceiling? That's berry living and cherry picking every lemon from your berry system, then proceed with the pack feeding. That was one of those couplets that it caught me as soon as I heard the song. I was like, coughing with a scratch ceiling, man, that's that's imagery there. And so I've, I definitely got the vibe he was referring to Atlantic Records to, you know, labels trying to bury him alive, not letting him talk about what he wants mm-hmm. to do, wanting more of the bubblegum rap, more of the pop rap instead of, you know, what he really wants to do, force him to dumb down his message. 
Yeah, and they're saying, you know, uh, that's buried living, cherry picking every lemon. So basically saying he's he can't be a part of the group. So we don't want you in, right? Like, you know, it's like uh, GMO plants and vegetables and stuff like that. Like, they, want, if they aren't perfect, they want homogenous. perfect size. Like, yeah, exactly. And that's that's exactly what he's talking about. I, I would agree on that point as well. And, uh, then, and I mean, it's tough. Yeah. Very yeah. alive. Like, I mean, that imagery is so intense. It's, it's like, so nice. A coffee I mean, with a scratch ceiling. Like, yeah, but and, and it's like, yeah, and it's, it's crazy because think about it. That is a big problem with artists on major labels still it to is. this day and, and with certain deals and things like that. People feel trapped, right? They 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 start off and they embark on this journey to, you know, well, be in a man. happened to Outkast, you know, and 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 their big deal and not being able to rap together as Outkast for so long because of copyright issues with the label and all that stuff. And, mm. you know, I didn't even know about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was, was a whole bunch of stuff about that. They recently came out of it. Um, and they started releasing uh, Big Big Boy. Uh, what did he What did he put out? His recent album, I forget. Uh, so the next the next section, uh, a word game backup plan that can that damn lakes that can damn lakes backup the wordplay playing at the man states means I can still be demand if the damn breaks. And when demand breaks, I'm reflectious what they can't face. My peers will still treat the mirror like it's a fan base. I really like the end of that. Uh, and, and I feel like this is, again, some of the same topic matter. He's still working through his frustration with Atlantic, trying to hold back his wordplay with lasers. You know, it was a big deal about lasers and the, China, the release date of that. They wouldn't let him know when that was going to happen. And, and he was just, it was kind of a breaking point, you know. And so he's like, you know what? I'm still, I'm still going to keep releasing. I'm going to do this for my fan base. Uh, and that's what I care about is making sure that I'm still putting out music that I believe in versus, you yes. know, I'm going to kowtow down to the label masters just to get my buck or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and it's clear that he, he had no interest in playing their game. I mean, I mean, like I say, this nine minute song is definitely a F you to any, <laughs> you know, radio friendly, <laughs> you know, like it, it, it had no hook. It, it, it's, it's definitely like this is more than rap, right? And I and I like that aspect of this track through and through, where it's like, I'm 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 giving you like, you know, high level literature and poetry in a musical form. Yeah. And I, that's how I, that's how he's always approached rap. Not every artist approaches it that way, but he he it's like for him, he can't just have fun with the music, right? Anymore, yeah. he has to. He, he feels like because he has this platform, it's his duty to try to deliver something to people right and and it, even yeah. if they don't get it right away he feels more served by by doing it and he, you know obviously when you're when you're battling with your label to try to get your music out like yeah you become kind of a uh, scorned right you like you hear that all through this track yeah definitely um a little scene with sickle swings to make the wheat drop and a hundred words for them hummingbirds that like to eavesdrop. That's so nice. And fan out like peacocks with the parakeet that beatbox. So the sun rises and the beat drops and the sun dies when the beat stops. That's such nice. I love, I yeah, love I mean, that. That's, that's, that's the end rhymes and the end rhymes. Just, yeah. Oh man, I love that. That's the imagery the 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 technical craftsmanship of how those words come together uh in addition to the double meaning that's dope yeah. but uh 
what I kind of got from that, you know, is he's had a love and hate relationship with his Twitter account. He's turned it off and on multiple times. And I think that what he's kind of reflecting there is that he gets more attention, you know, uh, about certain types of music, regardless of if it's what he believes in when he's on Twitter. And he's kind of like battling against that. Like, you know, y'all like this type of music. This is what I feel like making anyways. And so it's kind of, you know, sunlight, positivity, or real talk. Like there, ha- there can be no gray area for me to exist in because y'all want this or that. Mm. No, I, I can't, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have anything specific to weigh in on that. But no, I, I agree with you. Uh, those social media platforms are tough for artists who aren't, you know, fun and trendy and like to say things that people don't agree with, right? Like those platforms, social media platforms are all about falling into whatever the gap is and, and, and you know, agreeing with people, right? Like group or thing. finding a group of people that you can agree with, right? And I, I think that's the trouble with uh, platforms like that, especially for somebody that's outspoken like him and is kind of, you know, uh, just, just willing to say what's on his heart at that yeah. moment, even if he has to kind of backtrack it, but that's, that's difficulty, right? Like that's the difficulty with social media. Cause once you say something or put it out there, you can't take it back. A lot yeah. of artists, especially the younger artists are coming up uh, a lot of flack for, you know, some of their, you know, bigotry or sexism or homophobia because Cancel people culture. are putting up stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and they're putting stuff up like, oh, I don't agree with this. But it's like when you say that, now you have to deal with the heat of publicly saying that you don't agree with this viewpoint. And maybe you don't have it well thought out to why you don't agree with something. And now you're facing so much heat from just a fucking tweet. It's and crazy. the lesson the lesson is don't don't drunk text your fans because they will, they will hold you to that for years to come. You'll, you'll be part text. of Cancel culture uh-huh. montage YouTube videos and, and from the jump you had it here first. Do not from drunk the jump. text your fans. Don't from drunk text your fans from the <laughs> jump. And and you know that's just one of those things that is unfortunate because there's all types of context. I mean, we could go deep on all this. I mean, there are past actions of, of plenty of celebrities that have come under scrutiny and with good reason because it leads yeah. you to see well, who is in this position of power and influence. What do they really believe besides the PR persona, right? But when it comes to some of the stuff with rap, I mean, just as like with anybody, you have to come up. You got to cut your teeth. You got to figure out who you are. And some of that process is bumpy. Some of that process is not going to be a smoothly crafted PR message. However, Mm. it also brings to point the question of like, well, why is there also such a struggle about having a specific opinion? Because you got all these people that are wusses that are like, I'm not going to make a stand on this. It could be this way. Well, how do you feel? I agree. If you, you agree, I, I feel this way if you do too. Right. And that's, that's a trap because then it's like, well, what do you really stand for? What do you care about? What is, you know, your, your line where you draw the line about kind of stuff. I mean, we don't want to get sidetracked with a bunch of topics on free speech and, and politics and all that. But at the same time, it does bring to question that in that regard, you know, if, Say something uh, in this era because you're broadcasting it. Now you have to be able to back it up, or you have to understand that that's gonna. It comes with more 
pressure than it used to. You could have a certain viewpoint for whatever reason. And if it was kind of, you know, in a cell or in a small group, maybe that was okay. But now immediately, if you express your views to the world, you're gonna find you're gonna find people who don't agree with it. And then that that those people you know, in this age with trolls and things like that, some people will disagree with you just because, right? Yeah. And now you have to figure out who's actually being honest, right? Because it's, I think it's fair to acknowledge people who might have a different opinion than you. But yeah. it's, it's also messed up that you have to fight against people who don't even believe in what the hell they're talking about. And they're just, they're just, they're trolls. So like, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, like you got people who want to get a rise out of you, so they're going to say yeah. something. Negative to, to piss you piss you off, make your day Just, bad. That's how we'll, we'll call that hashtag DJ Academics. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> how to gaslight and get how to gaslight and get paid for it? How to gaslight and get paid for it? The biography of DJ Academics. streets, bro. He gonna send the hip hop police for it. Man, I I want to see that happen. That would be very funny. The hip hop police. Yeah, because he, he, of course, is the inventor of hip-hop, just like Al Gore invented the internet. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't think we're going to give a Wikipedia entry to academics as the creator of hip-hop, but we definitely have a lot more to talk about when it comes to Lupe Fiasco's mural. So tune in for part two of From the Jump, talking about the dissecting the song, Lupe Fiasco's mural part two and we'll rejoin you next time on from the jump